Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kick off your future with the law firm of Condorian Murad. They are the official Grant and Danny show sponsor. They'll help protect your assets, update your will, and trust Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com. Mention G&D to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. They went to George Mason University like your boy did. Went to Lake Braddock before that. Their local guys done very well. Speaking of GMU, you know they're sneaky really good at college basketball right now? Had a nice little run. I went to a game, yeah. as you recall, over uh, holiday break. I think they had a 10-game winning streak at some point this year. They Is did. that right? They are 18-9, and nine, uh, feeling decent about their chances last year, and they've gotten better than that this season. And it's one of the better teams in the A-10 this year. So I'm excited about that. How about How's the George Washington University? They have doing? a lot of games. They've been playing games. How are they going? Um, they, They've been participants many times in games. And coming second, I think. I think their last I saw, they were three and ten in conference in a one bid league. So anyway, Mason, though they're doing stuff. If you want to get back at me, ask me how Georgetown is doing. <laughs> I have no interest in getting back at you because I'd like them to do well too. By marriage season ticket holder for yeah. the Hoyas, it has yeah. not been all that pretty. By the way, the local college basketball scene. Vibes are not good. No, sir. Right now. It is a barren wasteland. No one inside the Beltway is going to the tournament. No one within an hour and a half drive is probably going to the tournament. Maryland stinks. Yeah. You, you guys can butter that bread however you want to. Tell. Well, what about this one game and this one? 
They were. They are bitterly disappointing too, by the way, because they weren't supposed to be this bad. They weren't supposed to be great. Some. I mean, some people had them as a potential top twenty-five team. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but they weren't supposed to be. What's the word I'm looking for? Terrible. And that's where we are. Not as bad as Georgetown, but still, it's not fun, man. Adam Peters, in 17 minutes to spread the word, let people know that the GM of the Commanders is joining us exclusively today right here on Grant and Danny. I wanted to get into what Ryan Poles said, though. We discussed this right at the top of the show. This is going to have major ramifications for Peters and his staff and Washington's front office as it pertains to what they're going to do at number two overall. Ryan Poles on the team's potential to trade Justin Fields if they're picking number one and what the timeline could look like for their decision. What is your, what is your if you decide to draft a quarterback, what is your motivation to trade Justin before free agency starts, knowing that there might be a free game on Yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. He would go on to say that his expectation was that if they decide they're drafting a quarterback at one, Mm -hmm. they would want to trade Justin Fields before free agency, which is March 11th, which in a lot of ways, though, here's the problem with that. I think that takes some power away from them because part of the beauty of having fields on your roster is you could go into the draft without a tell. No one will know what you're doing. Whereas if you were to trade him on March 11th, 12th, 13th, whatever, now everybody knows, all right, they want Caleb Williams or they're probably not trading back outside of the top three. You would think so. Worst case scenario. So I think you just box yourself in a bunch if you do it that way. So you're on, you're under no legal obligation to do so. You can say that the, that's what you'd like to do because what you want are those offers in hand already. You want a minimum of somebody offered me something significant so I've got a valuable choice instead of, yeah, we'll talk to you draft night. You'd rather not be on the clock, you know, a little, and now it's your turn and you've got 10 minutes and then the phone starts ringing. You want to know what you have in hand. So they're trying to drum up as much business as they can beforehand to make up an artificial deadline. And they're also, you know, it's also balanced with we're trying to do right by a player and have a good rep as an organization. I mean, think of what, you know, this new ownership group just did here in Washington. Ron Rivera, easily fireable at any point you felt like doing it over the course of this year. But they waited all the due diligence and due course and let the season play out and and then kind of did it to make themselves look good. There's a degree of that where you want to be seen as as an organization that does right by players whenever possible. What changes for the commanders do you think based on if the Bears trade that pick or not? I'm just workshopping this out loud. If the Bears keep the pick and they take Williams, you're debating between May or Daniels. If the Bears trade the pick and someone else comes up, it is very likely, I don't want to say certainly, but it is very likely that they do that to get Caleb Williams. You're still debating between May right. and Daniels. Other than you engaging in the discussion, how much does it change what you're doing if they trade the pick or they don't? Very little. Very but, little. But it feels like it's it's a massive well, deal. It, it's because if somebody... Is, is is doing the math. Like again, I I'll pick Atlanta, even though I have no you know, no information or no idea that it might be Atlanta. But they're kind of in that awkward middle spot where it's probably too early to take, say, Bo Nix or Penix or McCarthy, but it's too late to get one of the big three. If they go, the only way we're gonna get one of these guys is to go to one and and swap with Chicago. And because we can take, 
you know, who knows? We, we, we can offer a, a better package. And the reason they're going up isn't for Caleb Williams. It's somebody else. That's the only way that it, that it changes is if they go up to number If somebody goes to the number one and it's not for Caleb Williams for whatever reason. Because they've decided they fell in love with Jaden Daniels or, or Drake May or, or whatever. But you see what I'm saying? Like anybody that's trading up has somebody in mind specifically. And the only way that it affects Washington is in what's a quote-unquote non-expected guy goes number one. Either May or Daniels goes number one, and then you're left with a different choice at number two. But even still, it's not that dramatic of an effect, right? The One of the best three quarterbacks is available to you at number two. There's no variable for who, who goes up ahead of you except to say which one of the two is left. I go the other way, though, and look at the other outcome. If they trade fields soon and everybody knows that they're staying put and taking a quarterback, uh-huh. I think your phone's ringing off the hook. Washington's? Yeah. yeah. I think the value of your pick climbs exponentially. Don't you? Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, or, or is it the same value because whether they take Williams or someone else does, it's still the same thing at two. It, it's still because there's three premium guys. And yeah. I put that in quotes. I mean, we don't know. But the, the viewpoint here for I, the I draft. I still think more people are calling you, though. Because if they stay put, the team that would have traded with them to go now knows they're getting Williams. Well, they're just not getting Williams. So that hypothetically, hypothetically, that's Atlanta, New York. Mm -hmm. You pick your team, Vegas. The the team that would have traded for number one got shut out. They're now calling you. So are the other couple of teams that tried to trade for number one and got shut out. So instead of a couple of calls, I just think you're getting more. Does that mean there's more value? I, I don't know how to. Make sense of that. How to quantify that. So once, so again, I'm workshopping this too. Once Fields goes, wherever he goes, if let's say he stays in Chicago, but he's not, but, but he's he's going. No, once no, no. The, let's say once he gets the, traded to Pittsburgh yeah, in 10 days. I should have said that from the beginning. Once the Fields domino falls, aka yes. he's, he's out of there, you're now going, it's going to take more than anybody has ever thought of trading ever for Chicago to move off that number one pick. because You they, can't trade Fields and then not take Caleb Williams. Right, because they've already done there. We're going to build for the future and get extra picks. You're seeing it. It's what it looks like. you got two picks in the damn top ten this year, plus e- even more in the future. They're taking that guy. So now there's only two of these, quote-unquote, premium guys on the board. It would enhance the value. I mean, it's already a big value at number two. It's now that much more knowing that one of the options is gone. I just think that you keep your nose down. And you take the quarterback you like the most that's available at number two. The phone's going to ring. Answer it. See what people are willing to part with. If you get a deal that you can't refuse, if you get, if someone's trying to give you three firsts and three seconds or some unbelievable package, yeah, you got to listen, no doubt. But the bigger priority, if I'm Peters, who's going to be joining us in 10 minutes, I've got to come out of this draft with my answer at quarterback. I cannot commit a Rivera, where in my first draft, at number two overall, staring down the barrel of Herbert, Tua, if you want to go that route as well, multiple quarterbacks who have gone on to become really good pros, I went with a defensive end. And forget how it went. I'm not even poking at Chase Young and saying that it didn't go well. If he was awesome, I don't care if he was like T.J. Watt, the, the idea of Watt versus Herbert's a non-starter. You, you would rather have answered your quarterback dilemma for the future. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it. And you, how many times are you going to get a chance to pick second? Now, in some way, without leading the witness too much, that's something I want to bring up with Adam Peters. Yeah, presumably you're not going to be here again. Hopefully this is it, man. <laughs> yeah. You get one opportunity at this. Uh, by the way, Nationals playing spring training baseball today. Yeah. I told you that earlier, Robert Hassel went opposite field to left field for a home run. Brady House, 
who's the team's former first-round pick and one of their top slugging prospects, just hit his first homer of the spring. Oh, hello there. Pulled a ball over the left-field fence. The young Nats today. Have a day. A little glimpse at the future, baby. I am fired up about how these kids are playing. It's spring training. It doesn't matter that much. They're probably playing against a lot of guys that aren't going to be in the big leagues. Guess what? Neither are they to start the year. Still really, really encouraging. This place is lit. You're damn right, Charlie. You're damn right, buddy. I'm getting a little excited. It's, it's okay to get a little steamed up. Uh, Dylan Cruz had a, had a walk and a steal. Went to third on a on a, uh, a wild throw because he was safe by 10 yards. It just looks, it looks right. Dylan Cruz is him? And the Nationals do score. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. You go. I was like, wait, where are we going Why with this? Why are we doing that one? He edited it a little bit. Did it, did it. C.J. Abrams is him? I do want to get Charlie on soon uh-huh. and give him a whole nother batch of those. We got to do that yep. in the very near future. Mm-hmm. C.J. Abrams is him? Yeah, Charlie. It, uh, he is? That should be a reoccurring theme all season long. Just get Charlie to read a bunch of stuff. You're a young person, Ryan. Get with your friends. Michael Marr is the best at like weird sayings that I've never heard before. So get with people that are your age and get us a bunch of uh, new terms. So that we can have Charlie read them. I heard the the nine-year-olds today walking to school said, bruh, big trust. Big trust. about Trust or trust? Uh, it, it was, you said it two different ways. Yeah, I'm not sure which is which, to be honest with yeah. you. But it was like, do that one. Say that. He's capping. Right. Yes, Charlie. Just like that. He's like, a glizzy? <laughs> What's a glizzy? It's a hot dog, Charlie. It's a hot dog. Just say hot dog. Just say He's hot capping. Dog. No cap. Uh, Adam Peters is going to join us next live right here on Grant and Danny. You are listening to the fan. Grant and Danny on the fan. Welcome back. And thank you for making the show part of your day. Much appreciate Everybody who is checking us out on G&D, uh, Adam Peters scheduled to join us in just a moment. He is wrapping up a meeting right now in Indianapolis, told he will be giving us a call in the next minute or two. So he will be with us on the fan live in just a moment. Can't Looking imagine he's busy. To catching up with the general manager of the commanders. <laughs> yeah, what a whirlwind this has been. Seriously. Just thinking about his offseason so far. So he had... The interview process to get the job. He was the favorite going in. Mm-hmm. They moved pretty quickly to land him. It was yeah. sub one. I think they had to, right? There were other teams that wanted him to be yeah. clear. Definitely. I think you just need to make sure that what you know and what you think about him is on the up and up and it all checks out. Yeah. You sit down. He's across from you. So they hire him. Then immediately he joins your ranks to find a head coach. And that's my point about the urgency. Yes, other teams are, are pining for him. He was the, the leading candidate by all accounts. But it's you need the business of the offseason to start now. Almost everybody else that was hiring a coach more or less had their structure in place with, with a couple exceptions, right? You needed to vet, find, verify, hand the keys to the person that's going to set the organizational direction, hopefully for a long time, and then say, I know you probably don't have a place to live yet. I know you don't have like a, a car here. Or, you know, uh, even a hotel room. We'll figure that out. Please hire the head coach and fill out the staff and figure out who's going to stay, who's going, what players are good, who's not, what's our direction. And you start this afternoon. Like, go quick. I also think 
you've got so many. You're talking about like the family business, non-football-y stuff behind the scenes that happens. There's also then a lot of work to get done in terms of box checking. Mm-hmm. Not only hiring Dan Quinn, and you're trying to put the staff together, but you've got to go through meetings with everyone who was previously on the staff. Many of the people that you know are leaving, or some aren't in some cases. So you got to do all of that before you even get to the point where you actually start doing whatever it is that's on your itinerary. Yeah. And then you got to fit in some film. You got to start watching and viewing and, and trying to put together your ideas and what you think of your own players all before you get to the combine. It had to be great for him when he first got to the senior bowl and he just got to be a scout again. That first time you just hired Dan Quinn. Nobody's bothering you. It's like me going to a movie or something. You could turn off your phone mm-hmm. and it's just you and your element. And he's just sitting there watching practice in Mobile, Alabama uh, on the 11th row of the bleachers uh, at Lad Peebles Stadium, right? Or same thing with the combine. Yeah. Like you go, you sit in your suite when you're not doing the interview he's about to be doing with us. He's calling us here in a moment. But you just kind of get to be a scout again. Like that is when you're probably your happiest and all the other stuff is less important at that yeah, moment. Yeah, it's, it's noise, logistics, paperwork, filings, you know, meetings, emails, all the official stuff. But you know, I mean, th- again, think back to Scott McLuhan, right? You know, the, the where he was happiest is sitting there alone in a dark room, watching the tape of like the third round linebacker that he's going to give up an early third round grade to, not a fourth round grade. You know, like that's just how these guys are wired and how different it is, and that's where he cut his teeth is is in that that end of of things, right? As you're evaluating players, trying to see what other guys don't. I was watching the uh, Commanders log that they put out mm-hmm. yesterday. The team does their own like hard knocks kind of deal. And they put out a video of Peters in Mobile making the rounds. All the scouts he's worked with for years, driving the long distances, rubbing elbows with him, coming up to him and uh, congratulating him. And yeah. now you're kind of big man on campus. Yeah, that's right. As a GM, which is a pretty cool deal. All right, let's get to the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. And welcome onto the show, the general manager of the Commanders from Indianapolis, Adam Peters. Adam, thanks so much for the time. It's Grant and Danny here back in D.C. How are you? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Doing well. How are you guys doing? We're, we're great, doing great, man. I know you're busy out in Indianapolis. We were just talking about the whirlwind last several weeks for you. What have you checked off of the to-do list here recently? Like, what have you been up to these last few days while you've been working behind the scenes? And what are the next items on the hit list for you? Ooh, the to-do list. I did some laundry, looking for <laughs> a house. Uh, no, uh, seriously, um, we... Um, we're doing. We're we just finished up with some some great meetings with our coaches and our personnel staff, working on identifying the types of players we want as commanders. And so we have a great vision for what we're looking for heading into free agency and the draft. So it, it's been really exciting and and just getting together with everybody in the building and and building that that synergy that collaboration. We we are we're, we're stressing throughout the building. So it's been fun. Adam, you mentioned trying to find players that that you know that, that you guys are looking for. What kind of player is that? Is it is it scheme first and trying to fit someone that fits that, or is it the best football player and then tailor what you guys want to do around that skill set? Yeah, that's a great question, and um, you don't really know until you get into it. But but I think um, with Dan and and the way we talk and the way we see, it's it's the type of player that we're looking for, the type of mindset, the way they play. You know, you feel it on the tape. You see it, the, the, the speed, the length, the physicality, the aggressiveness, the explosiveness. And then what's really exciting with this coaching staff is, is they're very creative um, with, with what they can do with players. So there's no, 
you know, cookie cutter one, you know, one place, you know, one position players really, they, they do a great job. You saw what DQ did with Micah Parsons and a few other guys in Dallas. So we're just finding the types of guys that fit them and they do a great job of, of putting them in positions to succeed. Adam, you mentioned free agency. Believe it or not, here we are just about two weeks away from the start of a new league year as you guys get ready to try to add some talent. You've talked a lot since getting here and in the past about preferring to build your team through the draft. But you guys need a lot, and you've got nearly $90 million to spend. How aggressive do you think you'll be in free agency? Um, well, 90 is a big number. Probably a lot less than that. Just uh, there's a lot of things you got to account for into that. So I just don't don't want to set too high of expectations. That being said, uh, we, we do. There's a lot of holes that we need to fill, um, but we're always going to be a build through the draft team, always, and and we're going to supplement through free agency. So we're going to find the types of players that we're looking for to to build our team around in free agency. Those types of players that we were just talking about a minute earlier, and um, through that. And then we'll supplement them with really with 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 pieces that can really make us very competitive this year, and then draft really really well. And so, to answer your question, it's not going to be a, a big spending spree. We're not, you know, we're not going to go out and blow all that money year one, but we're going to build a really good competitive team with the right types of guys, and then uh, have a great draft right after that. Even if you don't spend all ninety, I mean. Are you willing occasionally to dabble at the top of the market for marquee players in free agency? The previous regime, they were more believers in kind of, you know, when I would go into Walmart and look in the $5 DVD bin for a gem, like that's what they like to do sometimes. And a lot of times the results would follow. Are you willing as a GM to bring in the best players in the league in free agency at the top of the market on day one or day two? Or is that not something you plan on doing a lot of? Hey, there's nothing wrong with the dollar menu, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, love, I love the dollar menu. Don't get me wrong. You, you just got to find the right items on it. That's right. That's right. And what, that's what we're we're going to be really good at. But um, our our job is to look at every possible avenue, every possible solution to make this team better. So we're going to look into all that. We're going to look at the top of the market. We're going to look at the the dollar menu as as we're talking about. But we're going to do what's best for our team in the end. So uh, it takes a lot of different players to build the whole team. So if that's you know if that's shopping at the top of the market for trying to find the best player we're looking for who, who carries the traits we're looking for, or it's the middle of the market, or it's or it's the the guys the role players that are are the types of guys we want to bring in the building. So we'll look through all avenues and, and make the best decision for this organization. Washington GM Adam Peters with us here on Grant and Danny. Adam, the the cap jumped up more than I think a lot of folks anticipated. Does that influence your thinking at all? Yeah, it did. It's about uh, I think most teams forecasted it at 245 it's just a hair over 255 which is a lot of money which is great um so it, that's really 10 more million that than we thought we would have had but uh on the other side of the coin it's 10 more million for everybody else so um you know that that doesn't change anything too drastically it certainly is it's awesome it's great for the game it's great you know shows how, how good the, the league is doing and we'll be able to, you know, to spend that money, which is awesome. But but so will everybody else. So um, we'll still look to find the right types of guys that, that fit our program. Uh, but maybe we can fit another one, one or two in. New Commanders General Manager Adam Peters comes to D.C. as a first-time GM in search of ring number four, a champion in, in multiple organizations before he got here. 
a getting-along-awaited opportunity. You land Dan Quinn as your head coach. A couple of things on that process and that hire. I guess, number one, how do you respond, if at all, to the perception that was out there that he was not the first choice? And then secondly, like when did you realize in the process that he was your guy? You were the last team, obviously, to hire a head coach. Walk us through why Dan at the end there. Yeah, I think you're. You know, that is that is a perception, um, but that's that's certainly not the truth. I think within our search committee and, and the way we looked at it, we had a really, really, really good process. I think, and and had a lot of people, really, really smart people, very experienced people, helping us out with that. And so, you know, whether there was conjecture or, or whatever out out in the media about who was the first choice, who wasn't, we were still, you know, we we were committed to seeing this thing through the end before we made a decision and to, to speak to every every candidate and see who was the right fit for us. And uh, in the end, Dan, Dan shown, the, shown the brightest, regardless of who got hired, who, you know, whatever happened. Um, and I can tell you, every, each and every day that I've been working with DQ, I'm happier and happier. It was a great choice for myself. It's a great choice for for this organization, it's a great choice for the DMV, and I think everybody's going to be fired up when they see that team roll out there in September. When I've seen you wear a hat, you wear it frontwards. Has he tried to convince you to go backwards with yours? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I almost wore a backwards hat to the, the press conference with him. <laughs> Sean, Sean DeBarbieri told me not to. He's, he's my boss over here. But, uh, no, honestly, I, I, um, I think just, the the vibe that he brings, the energy, everything that he brings about, you know, that he brought into this building is, is permeated throughout the whole the whole building, coaching staff, personnel, analytics. You know, it's been really, really fun and, and um, really excited just for what's ahead. Adam, if I may be so bold, if I'm you, I don't wear a hat at all. I'm not hiding that head of hair. That's just a thought. That's my two cents. That's what I'd share with you. Uh, I think you've mentioned a couple different times in, in different statements about being patient, about sort of thinking long-term and, um, you know, not just, you know, for instant gratification. With that said, what's success for you in year number one? What does that look like here? Yeah, I think success is um, – yeah, we really want to put, put together, start building the foundation for a great team. And – what the results are, you know, those could be, those could vary, you know, but I think um, what you want to put out is an extremely competitive team, a team that's going to win, win some games and, but play football the right way, play with, play with a mindset, play with a style that, that resonates throughout this area. And that's what, that's, you know, one of the great reasons why DQ is the right guy for this job is he can bring that. So um, you, it's hard. You don't want to put a win total on anything because a lot of different things can happen. But I can tell you one thing that we hired the guy that's going to put out that type of a team. Adam Peters, general manager of the Commanders. Do you envision an analytics department head, Eugene Shen, working more closely with coaches on game plan stuff or with the scouting departments on player picking stuff? It, what we want, what we really envision with the, uh, the analytics department is kind of all-encompassing you have you have coaching with the uh you have game plan and there's also the the game management with that and then you have scouting and and trying to find players and trying to find um players that fit your your style of play through analytics as well and then there's another component where you can talk about 
health and performance and how, how to best train your players, how to best um, get them ready for the season and, and prevent injury and then bring them back from injury. So there's a lot of different components that Eugene and his team will have their hands in, and we're working on um, hiring, bringing in a few, few more people to make that department more robust. Adam, uh, last few years, no secret, things didn't go particularly well, whether it was the draft, free agency, uh, et cetera. You're not here because everything was great. Obviously, there was a need, and you are here to, uh, you know, as you said, to kind of bend this, begin this recalibration, rebuild, whatever we want to call it. So there are folks, and I don't speak for everybody, but like me, who look at holdovers from the previous regime and would probably just feel better in general if there was more of a house cleaning. There are a few guys that are that are kind of holdover. Help, help fans, again, kind of myself included here, understand why some of those guys that were here part of this previous regime making decisions and in influential roles are still around. Yeah, I think first first we got to make sure we use that word recalibration first and foremost to recalibration and uh, but but the people that that I mean you refer to them as holdovers. DQ actually had a great great um, thought process with that, and and they're not holdovers. They're part of the new staff, and so they're starting over. So whatever you know, whatever they were doing before, they're they're part of what we're doing moving forward. So. I can tell you, I think we have four four coaches from the previous staff, and and we have a lot of people in the personnel department, and they're all here because they deserve to be here because they're they're really good people and they're really good at what they do. So, we're we're excited as heck to to have them and have them be a part of this thing moving forward. Adam Peters with us on Grant and Danny. Uh, Adam, how likely are you guys at the top of the first round to take a quarterback? All options are open, Grant and Danny. All options are open. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're just going through that process. We're just meeting all the prospects for the first time this week. So that's been a really, it's, it's been a really cool part of this week. That's the best part of this week really for us is getting a chance to meet them for the first time face to face. And then that'll be the first time of many for a lot of these young men. And um, so that's, that's way down the road. We probably won't make that decision for a while, but we're, uh, we're exploring all options and, and then make sure we like, I think I keep saying this, but it's going to be the best decision for the organization. Generally speaking, in in a situation like the one you're in, are you do you like the idea of of trading back and adding a lot of picks, or or just philosophically, are you a trade up guy, trade back guy? Like, what's your general paradigm in the draft? Yeah, I, I think I mean, there's no absolutes. You know, you, you do what's best for the team. I guess I'm, I'm going to repeat that again. I sound like a broken record, but you do what's best for the team at any given situation. So if if trading up's the right move, and with given all the information you have at the time, and you do that, if it's trading back, and you do that, you know, most most people would say the value is in trading back. So, but you know, there's there's a lot of value into trading up if there's a player that you really want there too. So. Um, it really just depends on you know what the situation, what the options are too. You can't always just trade back. You got to have a partner. You can't always trade up. You have to have a partner too. So sometimes you just got to sit there and make the pick. But um, really, we have a team of people always looking at all those options, making calls. We call ahead of time, call before the draft, call during the draft to make sure we know what all our options are when we're on the clock, and then we make the best decision. Adam, where does Sam Howell fit into that conversation about what you guys do at number two? Uh, with Sam, kind of the same thing I've been saying about him. We're really excited to work with him. So, um, you know, in terms of the tape, everything we've said, he's, he's extremely talented. Uh, he's he's athletic. He's tough as heck. Uh, got a chance to talk with him 
a couple of weeks ago. I really like them. I know DQ really likes them too. So does so does Cliff. So um, that's going to factor into the to the decision making process. But again, we're we're still kind of that's down the road for a few weeks at least until we really start deciding on what we're going to do there. Adam Peters here on Grant and Danny. You mentioned all options are on the table. One thing that hasn't been talked a lot about, but I guess theoretically could be a possibility, would be you guys going out and spending money on a veteran quarterback, you know, bringing in a, a starter on the veteran market. Is that something that you would say, as a recalibrating team, could make some sense? Is an option as well? Yeah, I think you always look for, for any option to make your make each room better, make your team better. So if you can bring a veteran quarterback in there to make that room stronger, to bring in more competition, to bring in um, more veteran presence. I, I referred to this earlier today, but um, in, in San Francisco a couple of years ago, we, we lost Trey Lance, we lost Jimmy Garoppolo, then we lost Brock Purdy, and then we lost Josh Johnson. And we had a quarterback who couldn't throw. Uh, in the NFC Championship game, so so you're always gonna, you know, you, you always got to be prepared to need need all those guys. Hopefully, you never do, but uh, along with the quarterback position, any other position, uh, you really want to make those rooms as strong as you can and as deep as you can. Adam, you got some pending free agents, including guys that have been pretty impactful here. Uh, where do you stand in terms of retaining some of those guys? Yeah, that, that's what uh, this week is. Uh, one of the big parts of this week too is meeting with all the agents, the representatives of, of our free agents, and we're scheduled to meet with all of them and, and discuss. And, and we're, we're open to bringing a lot of guys back. And just depending on how everybody fits into the, the, the big puzzle, it's a, it really is a big puzzle when you're, when you're in the offseason, when you're going through the draft and free agency and how you fit the different, the different holes that you, that you need to fill. So um, there's certainly some really cool players that, that, our free agents right now that we'd like to bring back. And there's, there's a lot of guys that we'd still like to bring back, but maybe we can't just because it's not the right fit. It's not the right money, whatever it is, but um, we're doing all that this week. So we're looking forward to talking to those representatives. Adam, I know you mentioned earlier today, you're unlikely to use the the franchise tag on any of your guys this off season. Is that just based on like every situation is different and that's kind of the resolution you guys are coming to this year, or are you, generally uh, someone who wants to try to avoid using franchise tags? I think it's just a, that's a year-to-year decision. And depending on who, who you have, who you have coming free, and, um, you know, where you value them. And so um, that this could be different next year. It could be, it could be the same next year. So it all depends on who you have coming up and um, what you can get done with a contract or where you value them and where you're at with the contract negotiation. So, I think that's a fluid situation each year. Adam, really appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us and uh, and, and all the great answers, man. Welcome to D.C. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Take you care. You got it. New GM of the Commanders, Adam Peters, here on Grant and Danny on the fan from Indianapolis. Uh, glad we could catch up with him for just a bit there. All right. few things stood out to me that I want to go back through, including did not set the table for it sounding like it's going to be all that extensive a spending spree yeah. in free agency. I Judicious think that's spending. probably the lead in the conversation. So let's get to that as soon as we return next right here on The Fan. Um, well, 90 is a big number. 
probably a lot less than that. Just uh, there's a lot of things you got to account for into that. So I just don't don't want to set too high of expectations. That being said, uh, we, we do. There's a lot of holes that we need to fill, um, but we're always going to be a build through the draft team, always, and and we're going to supplement through free agency. So we're going to find the types of players that we're looking for to to build our team around in free agency those types of players that we were just talking about a minute earlier and um, through that, and then we'll supplement them with really with, with, with pieces that can really make us very competitive this year and then draft really, really well. And so to answer your question, it's not going to be a, a big spending spree. We're not, you know, we're not going to go out and blow all that money year one, but we're going to build a really good competitive team with the right types of guys and then uh, have a great draft right after that. I'd say that is your lead. It's not going to be a big spending spree. For the team that has the most salary cap space in the NFL with $90 million to burn, that's pretty interesting. He also said we're not going to go out and blow that money in year one. Now, remember, the, the cap, to my knowledge, the minimum, the floor, so to speak, you have to spend 89% mm-hmm of your allotted money every four years. So there is a floor this year they have to re- meet based on the last three years, but nothing specifically. Like, they could potentially, depending on how the last three years went, I, I haven't done the math, but they could have, like, $60 million in space if they wanted to. That doesn't help you at all, and I don't think they will. That's that's not how this works. No team really ever does that. So they're going to sign some guys, for sure. Yeah. But what did you make of that? It's not going to be a big spending spree. We're not going to go out and blow all that money in year one but we're going to build a really competitive team with the right types of guys and then they got to kill it in the draft after that. Yeah, this is this is the school that he was raised in. And long term big picture, it's what everybody should want, right? This unique opportunity here where you've got a lot of uh, cap space to be able to get better quickly that you would think. But his point I think is we're trying to build something not for a flash, not to get just good enough to go 8-8 eight, eight and 1 with whatever veteran quarterback or this other kind of thing. That's you know, getting off the highway to good to just okay and then pat ourselves on the back for it. The idea, and all the good teams do this, by the way. Every good team, the majority, it's like usually 75 to 80%. I used to do this number every year where I'd count up the starters and contributors for every playoff team, and it was always, you know, of the 22 to 25 guys, it was always 20, 21, 18, 19, were drafted, developed, or whatever in-house, supplemented by free agency. That's what good teams do. So it's either chicken or the egg. You get good and then do it that way, or you just do it that way in the hopes of getting good. It makes sense to me that that's his approach. I agree. If we add more time, and you know, in a quick interview like that, you can't really converse a whole lot. Right. It's just question, answer, question, mm-hmm. answer. That is the way to play it when you're in San Francisco. You know, if you look at the 49ers depth chart as an example, it's really slim on free agent additions. They didn't spend a lot of money ever. And I'd love to get to a point where that's the case. But you don't have to when you got dogs everywhere. You know, you don't have to mm-hmm. when you got great players all over the field because you you stole Trent Williams from Washington and you hit on Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Aaron Banks and Jake Brendel. And, I mean, you go through their entire roster, their depth chart, George Kittle and Brock Purdy, and you traded for McCaffrey. So most of their free agents are actually backup supplemental-type players. They don't have the talent here to not be aggressive and add a lot of it in free agency. So I hope there's a middle ground between not 
spending $90 million, which is perfectly reasonable and not being aggressive. I asked him, though, are you going to dabble at the top of the market? Are you going to sit out day one, day two of free agency like the previous regime did? That, that's kind of what a lot of these teams right. that, that call themselves draft teams are. This is what he said when I kind of made a joke about the previous group liking to use the the, uh, the dollar menu in free agency. Our, our job is to look at every possible avenue, every possible solution to make this team better. So we're going to look into all that. We're going to look at the top of the market. We're going to look at the, the dollar menu as, as we're talking about. But we're going to do what's best for our team in the end. So uh, it takes a lot of different players to build a whole team. So if that's, you know, if that's shopping at the top of the market for trying to find the best player we're looking for who carries the traits we're looking for, or it's the middle of the market, or it's, or it's the, the guys, the role players that are, are the types of guys we want to bring in the building. So we'll look through all avenues and, and make the best decision for this organization. Again, that, that approach is, is more patient than I think a lot of people are really ready for. And this is the argument you and I got in, I want to say, last week. All the days run together now at this point. But it's the... We are not going to to microwave this thing at any point in time. There's no quick fix to build something sustainable that is a program that kind of continues to perpetuate itself. Where you you never you never want to be at the place where you go. We can't lose fill in the blank because we'll have no, we'll let, we won't be good. You won't, you always want to be able to say we'll resign some guys. We'll let other guys go a year early rather than a year late. Or we're always kind of be able to build because we're able to layer talent can kind of continue to replenish our ranks through the draft like some of these good teams do. You know, just again. Kansas City, I know they're the Super Bowl champs. I know they got Pat Mahomes. But of the 20 guys that were regular starters for them, 10-plus games, they drafted 16 of them. It's not some random accident that they get back to that spot uh, on an annual basis. Again, I know they got Pat Mahomes. But you could do that exercise for teams that are consistently good in a league that rewards parity, that's about quick fixes and quick changes to get teams from go from bad to good. And that's the school he was raised in. I wish there was a little bit more. Hey, we could – Instead of just nothing but bargain basement dollar menu DVDs and, you know, Dan Snyder day one spending spree. I know there's a happy medium in there, but I don't think that's the school he subscribes to. Yeah, you, you just need really good players to win. And I'm not saying they got to win this coming season, but you only have so many draft picks. And it is unrealistic to expect to hit on all of them, yeah? So even with one of the great talent evaluators in the league, mm-hmm. ideally, which is what we think Peters is, you're hoping to bat five something, six hundred, whatever uh, his batting average is going to be in the draft. If you you make twenty one, let's let's just say they make twenty two picks in the next three years, and you hit on twelve of those, you got twelve pretty good players, maybe some high impact players. Mm-hmm. I'd like to add another seven, eight really good free agents in that time as well. And my guess is they're going to do that. But that was a really important and I think a critical answer there. It can't, I mean, he didn't mince words, you know, for all the answers where you kind of go, I wonder what he really thinks or wonder how much of that is what you got to say on the radio. It's not going to be a big spending spree. Tells you a lot, doesn't it? hundred percent. We're not going to go out and blow all that money in one year. That's the only thing really. And again, I'm not being critical at all. He's, he's, he's doing, can't pin me down on anything kind of speak. And he shouldn't be giving away the, the, the business at this point. That's the only thing that he's been pretty pretty firm on i would say right other than I think all options are open message. we're going to figure it out we are, we are not going to overspend this offseason yeah. is a theme i think that was a bit of a message that was being sent let's calibrate some expectations here yeah you got 90 million you said we're not spending all of that not close grant and danny with you on the fan the beltway blitz is next a lot more to get to from our conversation with adam peters including some of what he had to say about 
drafting a quarterback in the QB spot as we continue on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.